This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is April 12, 2021. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what it do? What up? Um, not much, man. I Listen, guys, just so you guys know, we, we have a world-class runner in the group here tonight. Oh, okay. Jonathan this is here. how we're starting out. Uh, All right, here we go. Ran the Magic 5K okay. and uh, placed fourth. So, Place you fourth know, in my age great. group. We can, hey, end the, we can end the conversation there. We don't have to talk Let's, about how many were in the age group. Where you 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 ran and I didn't. That's all I know. You know, it's it's what, worse than we thought, is, Luke. What was? I am now what? sixth out of six. So since I logged my results, two more gentlemen in my age bracket have ran. Both finished ahead of me. I finished is it like fifty your exact second age, or was it a bracket? 25, 25 to 29. So I'm like in the middle of that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. 52nd out of 75 males. 97th place, 173 overall. Uh, yeah. Listen, it's not, it's not great. But what I will say, the people who ran were probably sweaty tryhards like the ones I play in Warzone. So... You know, they you were you did it out of the goodness of your heart of being a Magic fan and for the Youth Foundation. This is what I will say, and this is really, I believe, the testament to my athleticism and the fact that I am an athlete, mm-hmm. a top tier athlete at that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was Saturday. I decided, like Friday at noon, that I was going to do this. I ha- I had no desire to do this whatsoever until noon Friday. I'm like, you know what? I might as well do it. Why not? It's just three miles. Let's go ahead and do it. The last time I ran a 5K was at my church like three years ago. And I trained for like a month beforehand. Like twice a week, I would run, you know, like one or two miles at the gym on the treadmill just to try to get some cardio back. The only cardio I get right now is playing basketball on Wednesday nights for like an hour and a half. To me, I thought I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. I was not fine. But I did say like, 40 minutes is my goal. I said that before I started, and I came in at 39.23. So I beat my goal. I, I finished it. It was for a good cause. I feel good about that. I don't feel good looking at the results. Everybody did better than me, but whatever. Not many people what? run a 5K was- on a one day's notice if you're not a runner. So give me some so credit, people. Did you, did you have to pay to run it? 43 freaking dollars. Yeah, I did. $43, and it was for the Youth Foundation, so it was a great cause. I just didn't know. I hadn't heard what it was like. I knew it was Youth Foundation, but I, I didn't know if, you know, there was something else. But I, I, I figured there had to have been an entry fee that they were just giving that to donation stuff. Yeah, so it was $43. I mean, you get I, – they're, I, they're really shipping it to my house, but obviously it didn't get here in time for the race as I signed up the mm-hmm. day before the race. But it's like you get a bib, a t-shirt, uh, a medal for like finishing, and then you know you can make like an additional contribution to the Orlando Magic Youth Foundation, which I you know threw a few bucks in there. But I mean, forty three dollars was like you know it's for a great cause. It'll be fun. I'll get I'll get some exercise. Why not? Do Do you miss the days, Jonathan, where um, like 
middle school where you could just run forever and it didn't matter what you had on. It could have been jeans. It could have been gym shorts. And you just felt like you never got tired because I miss that a lot. Um, I right. I mean, now you told me to go run a 5K tomorrow. No shot I'm running the whole thing. No shot that I'm running a majority of it. There's just no way. I probably ran like a good 70% of it. Walked, you know, walked a decent amount. Hadn't ran it forever. But I don't know what middle school you were at or what you were doing in middle school because that was not my experience. Like running sprints and basketball practice in middle school, I absolutely hated that. I always felt tired, did not enjoy running. So I'm glad that that was your well, experience in middle school, but that was not my experience. I, I have well, no, no, never so loved don't, cardio. Don't get it twisted. I, nobody liked suicides and, and basketball practice. Nobody liked hearing your coach say, get on the line which my team heard all too much. Um, no, I, I didn't like that. N- never liked that. What I what I didn't mind as much was uh, we had like where we ran in PE every Friday, which I don't know what kind of torture that is to make middle school students who are trying to celebrate the fact that it's Friday in the weekend, making them run. Um, that's kind of cruel in my opinion. But no, I mean, because in middle school, I, I was running six minute miles like it was my job. Uh, however, you know, Good fast forward grief. a few years, never run a six minute mile in my life. Yeah, it was, I think middle, my I mean, best, I, I mean, we, we my ran the best mile is like six thirty five or something like that. And I was a grown man with longer <laughs> legs than a middle yeah, schooler, no, like, you know, you would think six minute mile. Good for you. Right. Never happened in well, my just, life. This was a, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I just, I felt like I never. You know, I, I never felt gassed really until maybe the end, but then you sprint it out till the finish. And I'm never, I'm never getting, going back to that in my life, to be honest with you. Even if I got like back in like really good shape, no shot that I'm putting in the dedication to run a six minute mile again. So after losses in middle school, they used to take us out to the track, you know, basketball practice, take us out to the track. And we used to have to do what were called Indian runs. I'm guessing there's some oh, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. terrible racial history to that the name of that yeah, run I can't say so that i apologize i have no i don't don't cancel us for that i have no idea what it meant but that's what my coach called them do you remember these where the whole yeah, team yeah, would run in, in a line the front yes those mm-hmm. were the absolute worst i honestly were the absolute, i was the I shortest pudgiest kid on the team yeah I, what's that i didn't you were you're were, you're were a pudgy boy well, I, I, dude, I yeah, I was I was very short now, my eighth so. grade year. No, I'm I'm you know I'm in there. I'm I'm a I'm pushing the the seams on these thirty two shorts here, but um, <laughs> no, I was like I was like four nine on the eighth grade team in uh, in middle school, <laughs> and I remember I started to get the worst pains in my knees. I couldn't even bend my knees to shoot free throws. Everyone on the team would make fun of me. And I went to the doctor, and he's like, "Those are your growth plates. You're about to you're about to have a major growth spurt. This is like the end of eighth grade." So I'm in practice the next day, like, "Yeah, you know, my my doctor is telling me I'm about to have a huge growth spurt. That's why I can't bend my knees. You guys are always making fun of me. You don't believe me, but it's true." I come in freshman year, sitting at like five five, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, what happened?" I'm like, "Growth plates, baby. Couldn't shoot free throws. Look at me now. Look at me now." So. You were really. Then over the next couple of years, I grew to like five nine and a half, and I haven't budged an inch since. But you know, it is what it is. Anyways, this is enough yeah, about was, my I cardio. Was, I, I, how dare you yeah. for even bringing it up? 
Like, honestly. Listen, I, you, you did something for a great cause. What do you mean? Of course, it's Orlando Magic. Well, now I found I out that I'm 6 up. of 6 instead of 4 of 4, which, you know, doesn't feel good. Next that year, my bad. goal is to not come in last in my age group. That w- This was the inaugural Orlando Magic Virtual 5K. When they do it next year, I might even be in Orlando to do it. I'm going to train for weeks beforehand, and I am going to make certain that I do not finish last mm-hmm. in my age group. All of you 25 to 29-year-olds, you better you better watch out. You can't, can't finish, finish last, last if you don't, don't run, run it. Ball. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Good exactly. for you, bro. So let's talk about this really quick before we get into the, the weekly state of the Magic. So we just watched the Magic just get shellacked by the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll talk more about this game in a little bit. But 124 to 87. Steve Clifford now. I think it's the like second time in the last five or six games that he's come into the, the press conference room, made some remarks, and just like, hey, thanks, bye, and just left, which we all know Clifford tends to do, especially after bad losses. It, it is exhausting for me, though, the fact that, like, not to make this whole thing about Mo Bamba or whatever, but, like, this is going to be a long season. We all knew from the moment these trades went down it was going to be rough for the rest of the year. Clifford even told the team that tonight. He's like, this is the team that we are right now. Sometimes we're just going to get our butts kicked. But when he started to talk to the reporters, he's like, I'm not going to go down the line of like, this guy did this well, this guy did this well. We didn't play well. He's like, yeah, Mo shot the ball well, like big deal. Normally, that would not be a big deal for anybody else except Mo, in my opinion. For a guy on the roster that is inarguably struggled more than anybody else on the roster, guy has his career high tonight. Like, give the kid, like, the smallest pat on the back. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people aren't going to agree with that. People, especially these hard you-know-whats. I I almost swore for the first time ever on this podcast just now. (laughs) But these guys that come at us and like, oh, what, did you guys just start watching this team? Back in the shack and penny days, blah, blah, blah. Like, not everybody that watches this team is 40 years old and and has had the luxury (laughs) to watch all 32, 33 seasons, whatever we're at to this point. Luke and I have been watching this team since the early 2000s. Let's get that out there. But there are a lot of fans who have only been watching this team the last 10 or 12 years. So, yes, not everybody has experienced all of the good things that have happened in this franchise. Some of us are looking for small wins along the way, even if we've experienced success along the way, like the 2009 finals run and, and things like that, right? Let's fall, find small wins along the way the rest of the season, or it's just going to be miserable and it's going to suck. And nobody's going to want to watch the games. Like, I want to have something to look forward to watching these games. I want to be able to feel good about the fact that Mo Bamba, who has really not been all that great so far as his career, three years now, mm-hmm. career high, has played excellent basketball the last three, four games now. Can we just enjoy that for two seconds, Steve Clifford, without you just throwing up the, eh, not really a big deal, but thanks. See you later. <laughs> Luke, say what you want to say. I'm yeah. I'm fed up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I get it from a coaching standpoint, right? Um, from a front office standpoint, if they interviewed you know Weltman after the game or something, um, then that would probably be a little different. Weltman would expand on Mo's good shooting night, whatever. However, that's not his spot. Cliff's spot is to win games. It doesn't matter, you know, what the state of the team is, his roster, the makeup. He's just got to win, like, he's supposed to win games. And, you know, when I'm sure he just couldn't get up for, yes, Mo, who he was reluctant to play earlier in the year, by the way, anyway. Um, 
probably can't get up for this. What is that? Uh, thirty point loss um, tonight. So, I mean, it's just hard to get up for that type of stuff. I, I get it. I mean, Cliff doesn't like losing. I'm sure if we were a head coach, uh, we probably wouldn't be in a great mood after the uh, after the game anyway. When we lose by that much, and you've got the state of the team that looks like this, um, it's a fun team, yes, but it, it's it's not always a pretty team. And this was not a pretty team tonight. You had two guys in double digits. One of them had 12 points on 16 shots. Um, that is Cole Anthony. He was the only other Magic player in double digits tonight besides Mobamba, like you said, notching his career high of 21. I thought Wendell Carter was going to be the the big man scoring a lot tonight. He started out 6-6 six and six in the first quarter, 6.6 rebounds. I really thought that you know he could maybe get 15 and 11 at least. Um, so it was kind of disappointed to see that Wendell, uh, Wendell Carter didn't, you know, really capitalize on the hot start. Um, but good for Mo. He, he shot five of six from three point land. And that's something that he's been relatively good at is, is shooting from beyond the arc. And, um, you know, if, if he can continue to, to do that, then that'd be great. I'd like to see him have more rebounds. Um, he had five tonight, um, in his 21 minutes, but really it was his, 21 points in 21 minutes. You know, what else do you want? So he played well. The rest of the team did not. Um, I mean, you look at the numbers, Jonathan, for this game. The Magic shoot 22% from three. And when the other team shoots 47% from three, hitting 19 of their 43-pointers, what what do you expect to happen? You're going to get your butts kicked every night of the week, especially with this roster. Um, sucks, but it is a loss, and a loss right now is a win for, for the tank. So... So playing without Chumo Kiki tonight, and we did mention on last week's episode that, you know, the the fact that Steve Clifford is the type of coach that comes out and says, oh, well, you know, these are the things that we did wrong, and we're not going to celebrate moral victories and everything like that. And why, while I don't have that perspective, I mentioned that I'm glad that he does have that perspective. But at the same time, I think you can still celebrate against small wins like what we had tonight with Mo Bamba, his career high. You can mention... Mo played well tonight. He's been playing better lately, but we still need to improve. And then you still can go on to say all the things that you said about the team tonight. But I appreciate letting me vent. You know, I had to get that off of my chest. But hey, you know, as a, as a fan, you can you can be frustrated. So it just happens to be the case of the matter. It's just like perspective, right? Perspective of the coach and perspective of the fan, completely different. Well, the thing tonight was like exactly what Milwaukee does is they are going to clog the paint and they're going to say, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us with your three-point shooting. And they do that pretty much for every team. It's not just the Magic. And a team like the Magic yeah. that outside of Mo Bamba, um, I mean, Gary Harris, one of three, Dwayne Bacon, one of two, RJ Hampton, one of five, Ross, O of three, like Cole Anthony, O of six from three. Like nobody else was shooting the basketball well from deep tonight other than Mo Bamba. Really, nobody else on, on the team shot the ball well tonight other than Mo Bamba. So, when that happens, the, and again, like you said, you have a team shooting 19 of 40 from the three-point line. Giannis didn't even play tonight, and we still got beat almost by 40, by 37 points. Yeah, I, I completely understand why Cliff is frustrated. I'm happy that he has the demeanor of, there aren't going to be moral victories. Like We need to improve. He even said that. Like we got killed tonight, and nobody got better. He's like, we can take losses like the loss against Denver because we learned. But tonight, what did we learn? Milwaukee is really good. 
They execute well. They're really well coached. Other than that, we didn't learn anything, which is fair. You know, did Mo play perfectly tonight? No, there were still, you know, times where he was out of position. And it just seems weird to me now at this point that he hasn't figured out like the, the rebounding positioning, like how to be in the right spot and when to go for rebounds and things like that, because I'm five, nine. And I feel like I have a pretty good handle on that. Like, when you're playing defense, unless you're fronting a guy, you're in between him and the in the in the basket. A shot goes up, you put your butt on him, you box out, and then you're going up for the rebound if it comes in your direction. And Mo, a lot of times, just doesn't ever seem to be in between his defender and the rim to be able to put his butt on him and, and go up for a rebound. So often he's like outside of like the restricted area in the middle of the paint, and it's like he doesn't even end up going for it. So that is still a concern, obviously, like you said. You want to see Mo rebound better. But, you know, tonight I thought he was active defensively. There were a few plays where he was given second and third efforts trying to help other guys that were getting beat. Uh, one of those ended up in like a Bobby Portis layup. But, you know, Kem was, uh, Kem, good grief. We'll talk about Kem in a little bit. But Mo, uh, you know, tried to help RJ Hampton. I think there was one other uh, guy that uh, blew his coverage and Mo tried to help as well and then led to a, a an easy Bobby Portis layup, which you don't want to see. But, uh, when other guys are getting beat, it was like Vooch. People cried about Vooch being a terrible rim defender for years, but weren't getting upset with guys like Terrence Ross, Evan Fournier, Markel Fultz, just letting the guard with the ball go right past them, and then Vooch is coming over trying to help, and he stands no no chance at that point. But anyways, Luke, thank you for, uh, for letting me vent here. We're going to really quickly go through the weekly state of the Magic. So right now the Orlando Magic are 17-35 and 35 after going 0-4. On the week, uh, excuse me, 0 and 3 on the week with a loss to the Wizards, 131 to 116. The Pacers 111 to 106, and then tonight we just got absolutely destroyed, 124 to 87. Right now the Magic are 27th in the league, uh, just sitting outside that bottom three. They're just one game up, I believe, on the Detroit Pistons at this moment. So we play the Pistons coming up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, the Pistons um, have been playing a little bit better recently, actually. Um, it, like their last six, eight games, it's like win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. They've been playing pretty close to uh, 500 basketball the last couple of weeks. They play the Clippers tonight, so that's probably not going to be a win. We're still kind of scoreboard watching uh, the Minnesota and Chicago Bulls game. Minnesota's up one with 7.08. They'll probably find a way to blow that if I had to guess, Luke. Um, but right now, uh, the Magic, if the draft lottery was today, have a 48.1% chance of securing a top four pick, 12.5% chance of securing the number one overall pick altogether. Luke, we're going to go ahead, share my screen here, and we'll go ahead and, and do a simulation. I don't have my, my tank helmet on. I forgot to grab that it? before we started here. How, how about Let me this, grab Jonathan? it. I'll, you, you do that, and I'll, I'll talk for a second here. All right, go um, ahead. I'll grab my so, helmet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, guys, in regard to scoreboard watching, one team you don't need to care about. I know Jonathan just mentioned it. Um, Jonathan mentioned that the uh, Timberwolves are playing right now. Uh, one thing about the Timberwolves, guys, is that they are by far the worst team in the league, and they're going to continue to be the worst team in the league. They're probably going to blow it tonight to Chicago. Um, but all that to say, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think a Minnesota game matters as uh, they are four games worse than the Magic, but they are so bad just they are atrocious so um really if you're scoreboard watching you really should just pay attention to detroit and houston 
because uh, Minnesota, they're they're atrocious. But um, Jonathan is back uh, as tank commander here. So, Jonathan, you got your helmet? Yeah, the thing that I hate about this, though, is it first of all, having this helmet, it just creates such a, an echo of my own voice in my head, and it's annoying. And then, I obviously, the headphones don't fit with the helmet on. So we're going to have to, I hey, don't know, maybe cut you know some holes in annoying? this thing. What's you know what that? else is annoying, Jonathan? Um, the team being so bad that you had to purchase a tank, you know, army helmet. That's annoying. I'm just, so, you know, I'm annoying, just trying to, trying to do games things to, to keep prices. it fun. Yeah, oh, no, pretty I much. I mean, I don't disagree with the helmet. I'm just telling you. This is, uh, <laughs> this is part of the tank, baby. It's all uncomfortable. All right. So you know the rules, folks. Um, you get one sim on the lottery, and the results are the results. If you run more one, you know more than one sim, then then don't bother sharing your results. So we'll go ahead. We're gonna sim the lottery here. Sure. Hope for good odds. Magic with the number one overall pick. Whoa. That's what we like to see. Chicago number ends up with the eleventh, then... which then eleven. I'm gonna take yeah. my helmet off. Um, take it I over. Saw... I, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, like you said, that was the uh, the magic with the number one pick, which is obviously the the dream, and then Orlando getting the eleventh pick via the Bulls. Um, Jonathan, I saw a proposal earlier today. An idea, if you will, is the Magic get the number one pick or a top pick, right? They just get their pick and that's it, and they just you know choose whoever they choose. But if the Bulls pick is you know in the eight to eleven range. Do you package like a number eight, number nine Bulls pick and Magic player two or three and try to move up into that top five to get another uh, perennial potential all-star? So I think this everybody really agrees that this draft is top five and then it really dropped like top four arguably, but at least top five and then it drops off pretty well, significantly. Well, so I just think that I'm afraid what it would cost us to pair a pick like 8, 9, or 10 to get into the top five because, again, the drop-off, you know, the guys after five are still plenty good. Okay, Mo Bamba and the eighth pick are not getting you into the top five. I'm more talking about like like Cole Anthony, Chuma Okiki, stuff like that. Mo Bamba and nine, I'm trading. Mo Bamba and nine to, to get into Cole the top Anthony? five. I'm trading. <sighs> if it is like Cole Bamba, the Bulls pick, and I don't know what else. I'm sure there's people out there being like, "That's not enough. That's not enough." Shut your mouth. You don't know. Um, but it's, also it's probably not enough. But ah, man, I don't know. But I think it, I'm I still saying, think Cole like, can be we're really just good. Playing the game here. But a I still think Cole can be really good. Be, top five. I mean, it would it would have to depend on where that first pick is. Like, if the first pick is Cade, and then you're telling me Jalen Green is there at five, then absolutely. <laughs> but if the pick yeah. is, like, Jalen Green, and then, you know, it, it might be, you know, Jalen Suggs or, or Kaminga, I mean, you probably still do it. Uh, this, is the, this is the issue with watching these teams on a day-to-day basis is you do value them much more than everybody else does, and you – grow like an emotional attachment and it's hard to look at them on like unbiasedly like it's hard to take off those glasses of like I believe in this guy I want him to be really good and everything like that so like the fan in me I really have a hard time making some of these moves because 
I don't want to give up on these guys, and I do believe that they can be really good. Now, I mean, we're not even 30 games in to Cole's career. Like, at the 20-game mark, we're all like, okay, he's kind of figuring some things out. Right now, he's doing everything well. He's just not shooting the basketball well. Like, looking at Cole's stats here, and I have them in front of me since he's returned, 26 minutes a game, 11 points, shooting 31% from the floor. He's shooting 16% from three, but 5.7 rebounds, 5.7 assists, one turnover. So 5.7 to one is his assist-to-turnover ratio right now, which is incredible, right? He's doing everything well. He's just not shooting the ball well right now. And you could that could be rust. It could be a lack of rhythm. Maybe he needs to tweak his mechanics in the offseason. Some people have talked about that. But if he was shooting the ball right well right now, if Cole was shooting 35% from three instead of 16% from three, we're, we're, people are having a much different discussion right now. When we talk about small sample size and Cole's you know, inefficient, da-da-da-da, like we talked about this at the beginning of the year with Cole. We need to be patient with him. We were trying to be patient to like the 20-game mark. And again, at the 20-game mark, it seemed like he had fi- figured some things out. And now it's like he missed two months, three games in. We're like, oh, man, are we are we going to trade Cole so we can move up to get Jonathan Kaminga? I'm not ready to say yes to that. That might be the right thing to do. It might be the smart thing to do. I'm not ready to say that. I don't know if I was the GM, if I would trade nine and Cole Anthony to trade up and, and get like Jonathan Kaminga or Jalen Suggs. Now, again, we, we end up with a, a top pick, and we end up with Cade or Evan Mobley, and then you're telling me at five we have a chance to still get Jalen Green? Then yes. But, like, my big board, I guess you would say, is, like, Cade, Evan Mobley, and, and Jalen Green are probably, like, 2A and 2B. And then I don't believe in, in Jalen Suggs and Jonathan Kaminga as much as I do those other three guys. It sounds like yeah. you would do it, um, which is fine. I'd do it. Yeah, I'd do it. I just, I don't know. I, I It's a top five pick, man. Like, the, and, and a really good draft class. And they, you know, those top five guys are all studs with the potential to be breakout stars one day. Cole Anthony, could he? Yes. I just don't think that the potential is higher than those guys that are top five. I, Two years I just, ago, we I were don't. talking about Cole the same way we're talking about these guys. Two years ago, Cole was yeah, arguably the best time, high school we prospect. I mean, right, he, he's, an, he's an inefficient scorer. Things change, but I just feel like like Jonathan Kaminga, right, played pretty well in the G League, which we've talked about says more to us than playing well in college because you're playing yeah. against pros. And um, mm-hmm. Jonathan uh, Givenier Gavoni was recently on the Woj pod and was saying the same things, like these G League games – hold more weight to GMs and executives around the league than college basketball does. But, like, Cole is a guy who, again, we were talking the same way about him that we're talking about these guys, not even two years ago. So, like, the potential is still there. And, again, if he was shooting the ball the well right now. The potential is there. Like, yeah, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. The potential is there. However, I just said that the the potential ceiling is higher with the top five. That's all I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not saying that Cole Anthony doesn't have potential. Um, don't hear me say that. My, I'm saying that you know, compared to the guys in the draft this year, those guys have a higher potential. Guys that played in the so league already, like they have higher potential than Cole Anthony. So you think Jonathan Kaminga right now has more potential than Cole Anthony? Yes. Uh, yes, I do. 
I think okay. I think that he. Does. I don't agree I with that, but that's he, he I understand up, where you're coming. He put from. up numbers in the in the he put up numbers in the G League, and and Cole Anthony's out here and he shot thirty eight percent from the field in college. So like I've given Cole Anthony a pass for that. He didn't have a good team. He was supposed to be a chucker, but he has still continued that. He's still a chucker, and 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 maybe he figures it out, and I hope he does. But like I said, I still think he has potential because he does. Guys have figured out their shot before. I'm not riding off Cole Anthony. Don't take it as that. But on draft night, if I have a chance to trade Cole Anthony for a top five pick, I'm doing it. And I'm, I'm not really hesitating about it either. Like, I'm doing it. Jonathan Kaminga shot 38% in the G League this year. So, uh, yeah, I'm. you have valid points. And Cole was not stellar at UNC. I'm a UNC fan, and I was not blown away. We talked to Eric Fawcett before the right. draft, and I said that. I was not blown away by Cole Anthony at UNC. But Jonathan Kaminga averaged 15 points on 14 shots per game in the G League. Now, if you want to talk about defensive potential, Jonathan Kaminga has defensive stud like written all over him. But when we talk about what this team needs is shooting, 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 I think Jonathan Kaminga averaged like 26, 27% from three in the G League. And we talked about the Rob Hennigan era, how so much of Rob Hennigan was like, we're going to draft these guys who have check all these other boxes, and we're going to turn them into shooters later. Never worked out. Didn't work out with Elver Payton. I mean, kind of, sort of worked out with Aaron Gordon. Mario Hazonia was supposed to be a shooter. That never really manifested itself. Victor Oladipo wasn't a great shooter in his time in Orlando. So, I don't know if that's the route that we want to go down. Like, we definitely draft top five. You're drafting best player available at that point. You're taking as many bites at the apple, um, as our buddy Josh Robbins has said. So, you're taking the best player available. But in my opinion, and everybody, it's like every year we get to the draft, we're like, let's draft a shooter. Let's draft a shooter. Let's draft a shooter. This team desperately needs shooting. If you believe Jonathan Kaminga has more potential than Cole Anthony, and that deal is there for you, which we're having all these conversations, and this deal probably will never manifest itself. There's probably no chance of it happening, right? But if you're the GM and you believe that, then you make the deal. I just don't know that I would make the deal, but I, I get where you're coming from. I think Jonathan Kaminga is going to be really, really good. I would just be afraid that it doesn't work out, and then Cole Anthony turns into the guy that he has shown signs of being this year. Yeah, and it could also go vice versa, right? Like, Kaminga could be incredible, depoy one day, and all that, and we're sitting back saying, Man, remember that hypothetical we had about Cole Anthony and Cole Anthony is still shooting 38% from the field. Um, like, that's a very real scenario as well. It, and like you said, like, this scenario doesn't happen on draft night most likely. Um, but, you know, when, when the team is what it is right now, all we can think about is the future. So, you know, sue us for having these conversations. So right now, um, I'm just looking at, like, the mock draft. So we ended up with one and then 11 in this draft. So right now, um, Tankathon would have that, have us picking Cade Cunningham and then Keon Johnson shooting guard from Tennessee, who I really don't know much about. I'm not going to act like I do. He's a stud. Um, well, there you go. Um, but Tankathon doesn't yeah, really like take it. into account like team need and thing like that. They just have really their, right. their mock draft, which is their big board. And then the order that they think teams are going to end up picking in or really just the standings that they're at. It's pretty right much now. It's pretty much best player available trend the entire time on those yeah, mock drafts. Exactly. Like, instead of like you said, player needs. So like maybe the first 
four picks, five picks are are pretty accurate, but then after that, who knows what draft night's going to hold. So how frequently right now, Luke, are you looking at mock drafts like CBS, ESPN, stuff like that? How often do you check um, those? I mean, to be honest, I'm pretty much just looking at those top five. I'm looking to see where people are, you know, where Mobley is going. If he's still, you know, if he were, you know, hypothetically like four and now he's two in some mock drafts, like I'm mainly gauging the top five because that's what I hope the Magic are at. Um, since acquiring the Bulls pick, um, I haven't looked at it a ton, um, but I have started kind of, you know, looking in a little bit to those those mock drafts um, and the Bulls range where like, you know, 9, 10, 11. Um, I do like, um, you know, the guy from Tennessee, uh, Keon. I like him a lot. Um, I think he could be really good. So, yeah, um, it'll continue to increase, you know, the more that I, you know, the, the later that it gets in the year. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of good guys. It's hard because it is like, you know, people are saying it drops off after five, where it does, but it's comparatively it drops off after five. If these guy, if this draft class of like from six to wherever the rest of the draft was imported into last year, it's like, oh, this draft's actually pretty solid. But because the talent of the top five guys is so apparent, I think it's pretty easy to just think like there's not a ton there. But I mean, to get, you know, Keon from Tennessee, like that Keon Johnson from Tennessee, I mean, that, that guy's a stud and he's projected um, pretty high in a lot of places. He's just not in the you know range of the top five guys. So you're really more looking at like the the big boards, like the big picture of things, like mm-hmm. where they think one through five, where those guys are ranked, and where they think they're going to go, right? Because I'm looking yeah, at correct. the mock drafts every single week, like every other day, I'm googling to see if there are new mock drafts, and every one that comes out, it's like ninety percent of them has the magic in one way or another drafting Jalen Green, and you and I have yeah. been talking about Jalen Green for what feels like three, four, maybe five months now. Like since the first time I watched his film, I was like, that's Mm -hmm. the guy that I want the magic to pick. And we've talked about every, every year I pick a guy and it's never the guy, but it just feels like I'm just being really cruelly teased with every mock draft that comes out. It's like Orlando magic, Jalen green, Orlando magic, Jalen green. And then it's either going to be on the lottery night where we end up with the fifth or the sixth pick. And I'm like, great, now we have no shot at getting this guy. Or it's going to be draft night when we're sitting there with a third pick. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley are off the board. Jalen Green is sitting right there for us. And we end up taking Jalen Suggs or or Jonathan Kaminga. I have already, I'm starting to process that that is inevitable. And that's what's going to happen. But if it does, if it ends up being Jalen Green, the hype is going to be just incalculable it's just going to be absolutely ridiculous i'll be so excited that the guy that i finally wanted for months and months and months that we finally got him and that will just be a wonderful wonderful day for me if it happens are you currently more nervous i think i know the answer to this are you currently more nervous for lottery night or draft night itself lottery man because without the lottery there's it's going to limit the possibilities of draft night like we, yeah. if we score high in the lottery, you could tell me anything happens because not only you're talking about possibly taking, if you end up with the number one pick, talking about Cade or getting Jalen Green or one of these other guys, but then you're talking about like you can name anybody in the league, like we're gonna trade for that guy, 
And it's like, oh, you've, I mean, you've got the number one pick. I mean, maybe outside of like maybe like Zion and, and Luka and a handful of other guys. But almost anybody else in the league are like attainable at that point when you've got that number one pick. So I'm definitely going to be much more nervous for the lottery. At least now I feel that way. When it comes yeah. to draft night, man, depending on where our pick, I'm going to be sweating because if we end up with like the fourth or the fifth pick and one is Cade, two is Evan Mobley, and we're sitting there at four, and whoever's at number three and Adam Silver comes out with the third pick in the 2021 <laughs> NBA draft, the such and such pick Jalen Suggs, and I'm just going to freak <laughs> out because the moment I hear Jalen, my heart's going to break, and then if you hear Suggs, you're like, we still have a chance. And then with the fourth pick, the Magic take Jonathan Kaminga. That's how this is all going to go. I know that's how it's going to go. Trying to wrap my head and accept it now. But definitely way more nervous for the lottery initially. What about you? Yeah, it's hard not to be. Yeah, it's hard not to be, right? Because it's it's closer. It's it's luck. It's like you get to, 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 to that night, man. Butterflies are gonna be just like through the roof. You're gonna, you're gonna just be just sweating bullets, and you're gonna wonder why because you're like wearing a t-shirt and shorts. Um, yeah, that's gonna be a really stressful night, man. That's gonna be really stressful. Um, but draft night, like let's say the Magic get the fourth pick, draft night is in, going to end up being more stressful, I think, than lottery night solely because fourth pick. Yeah, you, you you and everybody else in the world in the Magic fan base is going to want Jalen Green, I think. Um, At four, I would think three, so. That's and, just a... and if he goes three, man, that is just cruel. And then you're keeping up with Jalen Green the rest of his career, and he's crushing it, and, and you know, Jalen Suggs just isn't doing it for you. Don't Draft say night that. is going to be draft night is going to be insanely more stressful than people are thinking about right now because everyone's focused on lottery night but draft night man draft night is going to be insane everything that you are describing has already ran through my head about five thousand times like watching (laughs) Jalen Green in like Oklahoma City or something like that just balling out with SGA as they win their third consecutive NBA finals <laughs> and I'm just sitting here crying like maybe Alex Martin Smith 30-30 like eventually this is gonna happen you know what I'm saying so like uh yeah draft the night of the lottery like that entire day I might have to take that day off from work because there's absolutely no way I'm gonna be able to focus on doing anything productive I might have to take yeah. that day off and be like Babe, you're good with the kids, right? Like, I'm going to take off. I'm going to go to the beach by myself for the day and just, like, try to relax. And then I'll definitely have to find some restaurant around here and have them put it on the TV for me live because, you know, I'm usually 40 seconds to a minute behind the live stream when I'm watching on AT&T Now or whatever. And I just can't take the text from people like, oh, my God, did you see what happened? Like, I, I can't do that. I need to find out what happens in almost real you, time. I'm going to have to put off, my phone down. Do you, do you put your phone down or do you turn off Woj and Shams since they ruin the draft every year now? That's too much work for me. I just, I just put my phone down in the other room. And then as soon as our pick is over, I'll go and get my phone. And then I, then I don't care the rest of the night. 
but I just don't right. want our pick ruined. I always put my phone down, yeah. you know, like last year we were 15th. I think at like 12th or the 13th, I just put my phone down. I didn't pick it up until after we had picked Cole Anthony. But yeah, mm-hmm. man, that's going to be because the thing that is really going to suck is if we get screwed because so I remember um what was that the 2013 draft when the uh Cavs ended up with the first pick again after they had just got, you know, Kyrie a, a few years before that. I was just like, what the hell is going on? Like now the first pick really wouldn't have meant anything because we probably would have still taken Victor Oladipo at one. I don't even believe that Rob Hennigan would have taken Anthony Bennett number one overall. Uh, but then a, a few years later, again, when you see the Cavs end up with the, the number one overall pick, it's just like we just keep getting screwed every single time. We barely missed on Embiid. We barely missed on Porzingis. And, like, I can't take that again. I really can't take that again. And that is a big part of the reason that I was hesitant for a long time, you know, when we still had Vooch and everything, of buying in to the tank because you do all this you get all hyped up you're hoping that you get the pick like it happened in 2018 where we got jumped twice didn't end up with Trey or Luca like so many of us had been hoping for months and months and months especially Trey because Luca didn't really seem like it was going to happen and there were some people that thought he wasn't going to be any good which I thought was crazy at the time but then I mean we ended up with Mo and I like Mo he's a nice fella but he's not Luka Doncic. He's not Trey Young, and I don't want to happen that to happen again. I don't want to end up with Scotty Barnes and be like, Scotty's a nice fella. Scotty doesn't know that he's not Jalen Green. I don't want to run into that. You know what I'm saying? So, you get that reference, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, All right. Course. Just want to make sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the nightmare, as you've been talking to, I've been just like. I'm not taking any of these to heart, but I am just sim simming to see like where teams oh, that's where you you know, end up and, and whatnot. Oh yeah, I mean I just got myself into trouble when the Magic got the third and then the Bulls got the fourth. Um so where the Magic would, would you know, back to back there, which would be absolutely insane. Um which looking back, I mean, good on the Bulls for getting a top four protected deal done with the Magic, because if that oh, happens, you are not. Um, you better all unfollow me the night unwell. of. <laughs> unfollow me the night of the the lottery if the Bulls end up with a top four pick. Unfollow yeah, me because it's like, going to get ugly. Unless the unless the Magic got the one number one pick, honestly, then I'd be or two. But if you get the three and the Bulls get the four, I'll I'll flip out. Or if the but Bulls then you got just three, get lucky. Magic got four. But then you, yeah. you just got lucky, like, oh, great, you got lucky and you got the first pick. Well, guess what? You still screwed yourself out of a, a out of an all-star, pretty much. Because if this yeah. trade ends up being, I mean, it, it will convey into the following year. But if this pick ends up being With no protections, right? Otto Porter, who nobody knows when he's going to play, and Wendell Carter Jr. for Vooch, there's going to be some problems. There's going to be some problems. <laughs> But the odds of that happening are very, very slim. But that is just – I'm the type of person I always plan for the worst possible case scenario and then I do everything that I can to make sure that doesn't happen. This scenario for something that I care about as much as I care about the magic and I don't have any control over that and that possibility is just floating out there constantly that the Bulls could end up with a top four pick and just crush me. 
is a real, real problem for me, Luke. Yeah, because everybody's it's not like, going to oh, go away until. Their... Yeah, yeah, but then everybody's like, "Oh, but you get their pick the next year, though," and it's like, "I don't want it because they're going to be too good because now they've got a top four guy who, if right. they're as good as everybody says they're going to be, they're not going to be in the top four next year. There won't even be a shot." You got Vucevic, Levine. You line them up next to a, a potential All Star. Forget about it. I don't care about that pick anymore. Trade it. Yeah, and uh, looking at oh my gosh, the the Minnesota Timberwolves are up two with ten point eight seconds left. Luke, we're talking about the Bulls, and and oh my gosh, so nine point three seconds left. I'm trying to pull up the game cast right now to see what the heck is happening. All right, so. Uh, yeah, but Looks are you like, worried? That's what I was saying when you were putting on your. Oh, and the Timberwolves have the ball. Are you Timberwolves have the ball? I don't even think Go there's ahead, a I'm reality sorry. that the Timberwolves. I said I don't even think there's a reality that the Timberwolves uh, aren't the worst record in the league. I don't know. They're, they just they just got D'Angelo Russell back. Yeah, I mean, he's not. I mean, you know, D'Lo isn't the the Brooklyn Nets D'Lo that we're talking about, but you know, there's a chance. It's not likely. It's highly unlikely, but there is a chance. I'm looking at the standings now, league-wide. We are – so right now we're four games up on the Timberwolves. I mean, probably not, but the thing is, like, you really just want to be in the top three because then everybody has the same odds yeah. of, you know, right. the, the number one right. overall pick. But, um, yeah, I'm still going to continue for those bottom three teams to lose. You know, it's at least a little bit exciting at the, the prospect that something – could maybe potentially possibly probably not but it could happen i'm gonna continue to root for that like who who was it the other night the rockets i think were up um on the clippers in like the first half and then just com- like completely blew it was but, that yeah, the man. Suns or... i don't were, know were they playing whoever the they were beating they blew day? it ah yeah i, but I really honestly wasn't I don't we were remember. recording well, that might have been, like but we about, more we recently, I'm talking about the Clippers because that was two games ago. It was very recently. It okay. was like this week or this weekend, maybe. But no, it wasn't this yeah. weekend. But it was like Thursday or Friday or something. But yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is we still play the Pistons, we still play the Rockets, we still play the Timberwolves. So yeah. like, you know, if you're two games up on the the Timberwolves and they win and you lose, like all of a sudden things get really interesting. So, anyways, Luke, I mean, the only thing that we haven't talked about is the waving of Ken Birch. So, I wanted to ask you about this. You and I haven't really talked about it. The crazy thing is, that morning, you and I were talking about the potential of Mo getting dealt in the offseason and keeping Ken as the backup. And I was just like, I don't see that happening. But, like, we talked about it being a possibility. And then, like, two hours later... Chem is waived, and we're like, "Whoa, did we speak that into existence?" So it's kind of cool, you yeah, know. Now he signed. Two hours. With... Yeah, it was like super soon after. It was like soon. Yeah, it um, was certainly soon. Yeah, the whole thing was crazy. I would like to say that we manifested it, um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I wish that you know, I, I wish I could ask, you know, the front office, "Hey, what, what were you thinking?" around deadline with Ken Birch sitting there on a very movable contract. And then you you wave him, and then he just goes to wherever, which is nice. Magic now have a very nice recent track record with players that, you know, they're going to wave or whatever. Um, 
but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, we don't need to really, you know, dive into it too much because it's not a huge deal. Because um, I mean, what do you get? You get a second rounder for Kim, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It, it was a little weird to me. I don't know the reasoning. I don't know, Jonathan, if you've heard anybody explain it that made sense to you as to why there was like no trade happened at deadline. But life's been kind of crazy for me the last few days, so I really haven't dove into why that might have been. Well, the thing that always happens anytime anything happens with the Magic, like I put a tweet out and then I get, you know, three, four, five replies, and then I find myself having the conversation like five different threads so it starts to feel like it's a really big deal to me just because i have all these conversations going on and then i think about i'm like oh we 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 waved ken it really doesn't matter but just the context of talking to all these different people about it and you see it all over the timeline it starts to feel like a big deal when it's really not sometimes but so i got a few different arguments the first was well if the magic would have traded him they wouldn't have had anybody to play and we wouldn't have been able to play that friday game against portland which is not true. You know, people were saying how uh, because of pro- COVID protocols, we weren't able to play like RJ Hampton and Otto Porter Jr. and stuff that Friday, which doesn't check out because Gary Trent Jr. got traded from Portland to Toronto that Thursday at the deadline, and he played that Friday for the Raptors. So that logic doesn't really check out. And then the Magic, they just signed David Kennedy. They basically had been telling him, hey, quarantine – we get back from this road trip we're going to sign you to a 10-day contract why could you have not have done that now the magic have signed robert franks to a 10-day contract why could you not have done that with robert franks and traded chem signed robert franks that thursday and then played him that friday so that logic also doesn't check out because that would have been a possibility the only thing that makes sense and i didn't think of it initially to be fair you just alluded to it actually that other people did mention to me is that this is building up goodwill with potential free agents coming to the Orlando Magic. They've traded Nikola Vucevic to a potential playoff team. They traded Aaron Gordon to you know one of his preferred destinations, a great team. They traded Evan Fournier to a playoff team. And now they have waived Kem to let him go basically have a two-month tryout with the Toronto Raptors in Tampa. And then if the Raptors like him, which I think they will, we all say that Kem is a very good backup center in the league. He might have the opportunity to sign and play in Toronto close to his home. And I believe he's from Montreal. So they're mm-hmm. building goodwill around the league with agents and, and free agents and, yeah. and things like that, which well, is probably more yeah. important than getting a second round pick for Kem. Yeah. I, I, uh, Are I you eating decide, a cookie right now? Bear. Yeah, I was eating chocolate chip cookies. Um, nice. Yeah, chips yeah, ahoy, yeah, yeah. chewy or classic? No, no, we, no, no, it wasn't chips ahoy. We had made them. We like just baked them. Oh, homemade. They're Bet. just like you know, well, not really homemade. They were like today in a packaged dough. Today I was at a birthday party, and um, it, you know, it's a friend of mine, but his wife and I graduated together. So other people that I, it's during their like wedding and birthday parties, it's always like a mini high school reunion. It's kind of cool. But one of these girls that is friends with my buddy's wife that we, again, we graduated together, she made Oreo truffles. I don't know if you've ever had those. I'll actually send you the recipe. Absolute fire. Like a serious problem. Carry on. What does it even look like? It looks like a, almost like a cake pop. It, it just looks like a ball, you know, like you, you make the truffle or whatever, yeah. and then you dip it in like the, you know, the chocolate that hardens. 
and it was just delightful, like super moist. The Oreo flavor, obviously there, just a serious, serious problem if I ever get my hands on them. Well, my wife and I are probably going to end up making them. Yeah. You're talking about uh, Kemp. Yeah, send me that recipe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So we're talking about Kemp. I was just saying as a funny aside, I, I texted uh, a, a friend of the show, Eric Fawcett, was on to talk um, draft with us this past off season. Um, did a really great job breaking that down for us. Probably going to have him again on at some point um, going into this offseason for sure where we need all the information we can get about the draft. Um, but he said he's a, he's he's Canadian. He's a Toronto fan. And uh, and I, I texted him about the Kim Birch trade because he loves Kim Birch. Um, just thinks he's you know one of the best backups and as he should think that. Um, I texted him about it. And I was like, what do you think about the Kim Birch thing? He goes, he's too good. I don't like it. I, I need my team to be bad. I, oh I'm, I'm wanting us to not win games. And Kim Birch, you know, just too good. So there's the uh, Kim Birch love for the night. Um, you know, thanks, thankful for his, his, his time. But uh, it's time for the young guns. And I'm glad that, you know, Kim gets to go back home, hopefully, um, if the trial goes well, um, can actually go play in Toronto to, in Canada next year. And back to kind of what we were saying earlier about how, you know, fans that have been a fan of this team for a long time and have seen, you know, a lot of success and a lot of great players come through that are kind of jaded by any minimal success that this current regime has. You know, I talk very, very highly of the 2018-2019 season. You know, the first time making the playoffs in, you know, seven, eight years or whatever it was at the time. That 2022-9 run that we went on to end the season to finish the season 42-40 and 40, like will always be very near and dear to me. And then I kind of – people were like, really? You are you got excited about a, a first-round, basically, gentleman sweep, right? But I wanted to mention this about Ken Birch. You know, obviously, we appreciate his time here. But that whole run doesn't happen without Ken Birch, right? Like, Mo right. wasn't playing all that well. Jerry and Grant was not playing all that well. Mo Bamba gets hurt. The second unit really wasn't playing that well as a whole. But Ke- uh, Mo Bamba gets hurt. Kem comes in. Uh, the team signs Isaiah Briscoe, and then Jerry and Grant falls out of the rotation. And instantly, that second unit was so much better and helped really propel that 22-9 and run. Isaiah Briscoe, I think he tore his meniscus, and then Michael Carter-Williams comes in for like the last 12 games. Like Those three guys will always be special to me, even if you know they're not great players like Michael Carter-Williams at times now can be a very frustrating player, at least offensively. But Isaiah Briscoe, Ken Birch, and Michael Carter-Williams will always be like those guys that if it were not for them, that 18-19 season does not happen. Because I remember talking on this podcast when Isaiah, when Isaiah Briscoe, we got the news about his meniscus that he would probably miss the rest of the season. It's like, oh my God, what are we literally going to do without Isaiah Briscoe? That's how much better he made the team and made the second unit. And then Michael Carter-Williams came in and basically took what Isaiah did and, and elevated it a little bit. But really appreciate Kem. Super nice guy. Met him once uh, at Top Golf in Orlando. Uh, but that run doesn't happen without him. So I'll always be grateful for that. Seems like a great dude. Seems like an awesome teammate. Wish him all the best in Toronto, Luke. So we got anything else? No, and I will say, Jonathan, I went to look at the recording uh, time, you know, when we linked up our audio before this, uh, and it was like 30 minutes at the time, and I was like, 
Oh, wow. We, we might go only like 40 minutes today. Uh, looking at now, it's my timer's on 55. Um, you know, we never fail to, to extend time here, Jonathan. Uh, even when we don't, it's not the goal. It's never the goal to extend the time, but we always manage to, to either get to that hour mark or just almost have it. So that's all. That's That was like my last thought, really. Just Without blown, fail. Just, yeah. Whatever you guys that, think you, know. you want the length of the episode to be, you can always count on us going beyond that. Because sometimes we're yeah. like, oh, this should be like 35, 40 minutes, and then we look and we're like, oh, we did an hour again. Great. So, But right. I hope the, the folks at home listening enjoy it. So, Luke, next week, so tomorrow uh, versus San Antonio at home, that game starts at 8 o'clock Eastern. And then we're at Chicago. Mm-hmm. At Chicago, mm-hmm. Luke. That is going to be a rough night. Like That's going to be an emotional night the first time facing Nikola Vucevic in a different uniform. That's going to be weird, Luke. Any any thoughts on how that night is going to go? I mean, we not really the game, go. but just it's like gonna, that whole broadcast. Oh, I mean, I, I was going to say, uh, I know how it's going to go. It's going to end with Vucevic having 25 points and 16 rebounds. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's how I think it's going to go in terms of that. In terms of broadcast, I mean... I think that uh, we might see some of the Fox Sports, or sorry, is it Bali or Bally? Bally. Okay. Uh, the Bally Sports staff get a little emotional, maybe. You know, whether it's it's Dante or, or the other guys, like just kind of, you know, talking about Vucevic. Because they haven't done, there hasn't been really anything. They might have done something on broadcast. I'm in Omaha, so I don't always get to watch their broadcast, but they do something after the trade, like the first game back from the from the deadline. Did they do like a tribute at all in terms of on TV? I know they won't in arena until Vucevic comes back, but I I don't believe so. And if they did, it was very brief. So obviously, so it's going to be unavoidable one this week. Yeah, I don't I don't expect it to be a tribute or anything like that. But like it's it's going to be the elephant in the room the entire time. That like that like two weeks ago was our guy. And is now their guy. Like, David Steele might be like, and Nikola Vucevic hits the three for the Magic or, or something something crazy like that just because, like, you know, he said that five bazillion times at this point. But, yeah, so that, that game is going to be weird. I've been, like, weirdly looking forward to that game just to see what happens. But, yeah, so at Chicago Wednesday, that game starts at 8 o'clock. And then Friday at Toronto slash Tampa. Uh, that game will be 7.30. I might have to go to that game, Luke. For some reason, I thought that game was further in the month. I might have to go to that Friday night game. Which one? Uh, 7.30 at Toronto. So it's going to be in Tampa, which is about it's like an hour and 10 minutes um, to Amelie have Arena. At, where have, you looked at, have you looked at Raptors tickets this year? Right now it says tickets as low as $22. So, and you know that when the magic come to town, come to town, those tickets are the lowest they're gonna get. <laughs> I might, I might hit, I might be hitting the scalpers outside. SeatGeek mm. says twenty three. What can you do for me? What can you what do can for you me? Do? So, feeling like a feeling like an zero and three week, Luke, or you feel like we're gonna pull one out? At this point, Jonathan, I it's always feeling like like an, a, a winless week. Um. Yeah, who'd you, who'd you say the games were besides Chicago? Oh, and then I, I'm sorry, I missed one. Sunday versus Houston, so that's going to be big. So it's 
Um, it's the Spurs, oh, well, yeah. Chicago, Toronto, and then Houston. Man, I hope that so Sunday lines already opened up loss. for the uh, lines already opened up uh, for the Spurs Magic game uh, tomorrow, and it's Spurs favored by six. Um, I do expect and they the Spurs smoked to win that us game. last time. Yeah, so Spurs game, that's an L. Bulls game, that's an L. Um, maybe the Raptors. I'll say the Magic go. Oh my goodness! I say the Magic go two and two. Beating I don't know about that. The Rockets. I don't know. You don't. The, uh, the well, the I mean, the, the Raptors, the Raptors aren't world seems... beaters. Let's not get it wrong. Not Unless, wor- if I mean... Gary Trent Jr. goes for fifty, then they beat us. Yes, but I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's gonna be all right. So they're down. They're down two right now with thirty point nine seconds to go against the Knicks. If they end up beating the Knicks, they'll have won four out of their last six. Even if they lose, they've won three out of their last six. So they had a huge losing streak last month. So they seem to be coming out of that a little bit and starting to play. Gary Trent. Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr. So, I mean, he dropped 44 in their last game. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens with that Raptors-Knicks uh, game. But I think I think the the Raptors are starting to figure some things out. Kem Burch is going to be big for them. You know, we're talking about our boy Kem. So uh, we'll see what ends up happening. But Can we get a I, Kem I'm really moment? Oh, boy. I don't, I'm not ready to see that. <laughs> I don't want to see, like, I don't want to see – Vooch like dunk all over Mo. I really don't want to see that. Like that's but I'm sure that's happened Kem plenty Birch of times. Dunk all over Mo. I want to see Mo dunk all over Kem. I really would love to see yeah, that. Nice. Just for like that would be nice. Be like all right, this guy Maybe Twitter you know, he's purposes got, he's got only. Something to him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, man. What I, I'm really interested in that Wednesday game for the Bulls, and then that Sunday game is going to be stressful because that are that's big draft lottery implications especially depending on full game how those teams play throughout the week yeah it's, yep, a, it's full a full game, game swing, swing that night so that'll be a big one and let's uh really quickly we can check to see uh who else the the rockets are going to play this week just to see if there's a potential for the the rockets to um to pick up another Get game here. magic so let's see their schedule this week come on espn stop taking forever to load so this week, so at Phoenix versus Indiana versus Denver, and then at Orlando. So probably not. That's a, like, lot, of, that's a lot of losses yeah. there, yeah. I mean, your best chance may maybe be they Indiana. Beat Indiana. Yeah, maybe yeah. they beat Indiana, but so yeah, Sunday's going to be. Or big, maybe but. one of those teams rest their stars, you know? Yeah, like the, the Bucks did the other night where they rested all five starters. Like, good grief. They're not doing anybody any favors, but. All right, Luke, anything else? that's it all right folks well that is going to do it for this week's episode for luke this is jonathan you guys are listening to the six man show and we will catch you guys next time see ya thanks for listening to the six man show be sure to subscribe on itunes spotify google play and stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review it would really help us out a lot Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!